In this episode, I talk with Deanna from Design This House. We talk all about how decluttering your kitchen can help you reset to make healthy choices. I loved all the tips that she gave in this episode, and it made me think so much more beyond just decluttering and cleaning out my fridge. It made me think about how much more peaceful my kitchen could be if I just found a home for everything in the kitchen. The kitchen is the hub of our home. It is where we spend so much time. So making it peaceful and inviting can really, really reap some huge benefits in your life. Let's dive in. This is a great episode, and I hope that you find it so helpful. Hello, and welcome to the Bowl of Life podcast with your hosts, Joe and Sarah Hayes. We are so glad you are here with us today talking about food, faith, and family, and how each of those topics impact our everyday life. The purpose of this podcast is to provide you with the inspiration to live your life more abundantly. On this podcast, we will talk openly about what we consume, whether that means what goes on our plate and in our mouths, or what we see, hear, and listen to, and how that can change our mindset for the day. We truly believe life is a journey. And that is full of lessons for each and every one of us to apply if we can get quiet and listen. We are so glad we get to experience this life journey together with you. So hey, go grab a spoon. Or a fork. And let's go. Hello and welcome back once again to the Bowl of Life podcast. On today's episode, we are going to talk about decluttering your kitchen to reset and make healthy choices. We are talking with Deanna of Design This House. I'm so excited because she is an expert at creating home systems that work, and that includes getting your kitchen in order. Because I don't know about you, but for me, the kitchen is the major hub of our home. We're constantly in there, sitting around the island, eating, cooking, even dragging our laptops in there to work, and things get a lot cluttered, not only with food items, but also with mail, papers, crayons, markers. jars, you know, as my kids like to point out, what are all these jars on the counter? (laughs) And you know what, this actually leads me to feeling a little burnt out when I just walk into the kitchen sometimes, especially at the end of the day. So with 2021 right around the corner, I know that I would love to declutter my kitchen from top to bottom. So enough about my clutter. Let's talk to our expert and have her give us the best tips for decluttering our kitchen space, and resetting it for a healthy new year. Welcome, Deanna. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. How about you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're a huge believer in creating home systems. In fact, maybe you can even explain what a home system is. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm just so happy to be here and um Really, it's an honor, and you're going to have to lead me because I can talk about decluttering and home systems for a long time. But anyway, um, basically, a little bit about me. I'm the owner and content creator at Design This House and also creating an online education system called Domestic Hero Academy, where we talk about all those old kind of home ec things, just really getting our homes in order. It just seems to be such an issue. 
And, and honestly, after 2020, and we're spending so much more time at home, I think it's becoming more and more relevant to kind of figure out how to make it work for us. Um, other than that, I'm a, I'm a wife, I'm a stepmom, and a mom to four fantastic kids. And I'm an interior designer. And I basically started this this new format with Design This House, because I knew that my clients needed a little bit more help, not just with beautifying their home, but with really making their systems work. So when I was able to work with my clients in creating the functionality for their home, it was just so much more rewarding for them, but also for me. So like I said, this is kind of a new format for me, but it's just been fantastic. Um, And that's why I created this system to talk more about implementing home systems that actually work and deliver for people. Ah, I love that because you're so right. Like you can have your house, you know, looking maybe perfectly after the interior designer leaves with all the, you know, matching colors and the color scheme is perfect. And then, you know, a week later, like some, you know, shoes have appeared and like some clutter over here and a pile of papers there. (laughs) And it's like, okay, that was great that we had the beautiful space created, but how do we kind of keep it looking beautiful and not cluttered up now? Because it's a really good feeling when it is uncluttered. It just, ah, you just... I think I always used to say this, especially after I would clean the house when my kids were like little, little, and you know, that's just toy mania everywhere. Like, oh, that first few moments after the house was all clean and you're like, this feels great. (laughs) Right. Hurry up and take a picture because now we have to live in it and it's going to (laughs) change. I know, right? But that's what I love about you and your systems and just even that, you know, Domestic Heroes Academy because this isn't, you know, and actually I think I talked to my husband about this last year a lot um, when my kids were like in public school, just thinking about just curriculums and all of that and thinking, you know, kids aren't learning. Yes, all common core is great, but they aren't learning like how to sew a button or how to manage a budget or how to, you know, cook something like skills that we need to be, you know, a healthy, thriving adult. (laughs) Right? Yes. Well, I won't get on my soapbox entirely, but you know, back in the way, way, way back, we used to learn those things, particularly women, right? It was handed down to them. And it was just, you knew how to do everything. You knew how to to be able to take a stain out of something or how to sew on a button. Or remember when they used to talk about like mending socks and holes in socks. You just knew all of those things and it was handed down to people. And The thing is, is that while in many ways we don't live quite like that anymore, we also aren't taught many of the things we still need to know because we all grow up one day, we all end up living in a home, and we all have to run that home. And without the systems in place to be able to run it efficiently, what ends up happening is we live in a state of reacting, reacting to the things that are undone around us. And typically, it's at a point of stress that we react to it, right? It's either something needs to be done that isn't done and now it's becoming urgent or we're in a state of stress because we're surrounded by a mess or 
one of the things like we'll talk about today is in the kitchen at the end of the day, when we've had so many decisions and stresses that we've been facing from the moment we woke up and then now it's dinner time, now we have to think about, oh my gosh, what's for dinner? And so we get into that space of what I called um, or what is referred to as decision fatigue. We've We're so tired of making so many micro decisions throughout the day that it's usually at that point of the day where now we're walking into possibly a cluttered kitchen, possibly messes throughout the day because everybody's been coming and going. And now we have to make a decision on what's for dinner, planned for or not planned for. And now we start making compromises because we're tired. And so now we're putting out things that are maybe less than what we intended, but it's because we're constantly reacting and we're reacting because we didn't have systems in place. So really it's kind of what I'm helping people do, I hope, is we're turning the tables and we're really flipping those things around so that we're creating systems so that we're proactive and we're actually going to increase our rates of success with what we intend to live our life with right? With those goals. Um, and, and yes, that's kind of, that's my, that's my little baby soapbox. <laughs> no, I, I love it because that's so true, you know, like, and yeah, we're talking about the kitchen today and we're going to dive into that in a minute. But um, when you do have things in a routine, in a system and things in place, you aren't going to walk into that kitchen at the end of the day and just feel like, oh, wow, like what's going on in here? Let's, oh, I can't even deal with it. Let's just get takeout (laughs) or something. And then, you know, you might start to have bad decisions, just kind of start to pile up on each other. And uh, that's not going to lead to making and healthy choices and resetting yourself to make healthy choices. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know that when I I talk with people um, and we talk about kind of the domestic hero, or as I was talking about going back to the old, old days and how these things were, I, you know, it's one of those things where we do have the ability now and making things relevant to how we live. We do have the ability to have takeout, but it should be because we planned it, not because we're compromising for that. So I think it's just a matter of kind of taking ownership, really, of being the CEO of your home and making those decisions about how do we intend to live. And when one of the reasons I called it Domestic Hero Academy is really pulling out what's inside of us to make our homes function for that purpose. Not so we can all be, you know, happy homemakers necessarily, unless that's what people really want, but it's so that we can just kind of master that system so we can get on with living the way that we want to. Um, But the one thing about the kitchen, we all need to eat. It's not an option. So really being able to maximize our efficiency and our planning and our goal setting and stick to it with a system that works in the kitchen is super important. Oh, yes. So let's let's start. Let's dive into the kitchen then. That's a perfect jumping off point. And so decluttering your kitchen, I think most people are going to think right away, oh, the fridge. And yes, that's important too. 
but there's a lot more in the kitchen than just your fridge that needs to be decluttered, I would imagine. <laughs> you know, we got cabinets in there that are hiding stuff. We got, you know, pantries and we got, there's a, there's a lot going on in the kitchen area, like you said. And, you know, it's really the hub of a lot of homes because, you know, and I've thought about that for you. Like, why is the kitchen such a hub? But, you know, it's just kind of warm and inviting. And like you said, you eat there. So you just kind of naturally kind of congregate there. The family maybe goes there a lot because mom's in the kitchen trying to clean up that clutter or do something. Cook for, you know, the kids, our husband or herself. So let's start with the kitchen. And then let's move on to after, you know, we declutter the kitchen, how we can make a system in place that includes, you know, keeping the clutter out and then meal planning. And like you said, you know, so the takeout just isn't because you do have a fridge full of food, but you just can't stand everything around you. And you're so just decision fatigued that you have to call for takeout. Yes. So, yeah. So when you work with a client to... Declutter the kitchen. What is the first thing you start with? (laughs) I love this. And like you said, a lot of people think of the fridge, but that's actually the last thing on the list. Oh, first thing that I start with are the countertops. And the reason why I start with the countertops is because, well, it's twofold. First, it because it's what we see. So we don't see the things that are in the fridge. We don't see the things that are in the cabinets, right? Those are all in their own little hiding places. But typically our overflow is what's on the countertops. And it's also what maybe doesn't have a home. Okay. So like I'm a big believer in everything we need needs to have a home where it lives and everything's get put back in its home. And so a lot of things that end up on the countertops either don't have a home or we don't need them, or there are frequently used items that actually should have a home. So I always start with the countertops. The other reason is, is that it really adds to our stress because it's our visual noise. So, you know, when you were saying, Sarah, early on in it, kind of in the intro where we started today, that sometimes you just feel burnt out when you walk into the kitchen. And the last thing we want to do is be surrounded by piles of extra things, right? Or extra equipment or, you know, the jars, whatever, whatever are in the jars. If there are too many jars, maybe we shouldn't be having them on the counter. And also because it's our workspace. And I don't know about you, but whether it's our desk, whether it's whatever it could be, a clean an orderly workspace makes for a clearer mind in most cases so that we can just really focus on what we're doing. And it's so easy to have the countertop space become decluttered when it's the hub of the home, when we have our computers there and when the kids are there and they're coloring or whatever might be going on. Um, So the first place I always start with is the countertops. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know, because so much stuff gets put there and you're right. If it's on the counter, that means it doesn't need a home, but it probably, you know, it doesn't have a home yet, but it needs a home. And I love that because that's so true. And I think I told you before we hopped on today, how my kids at lunch today were just laughing and randomly talking about, and they didn't even know we were about to talk about decluttering your kitchen on the podcast. Uh And they were like, 
mom, remember back in the spring when, you know, we had to do our virtual piano recital and you decluttered everything within visual sight of like the piano and the camera because we have a very open um, floor plan. And they're like, just so no one could see any of that clutter over there. (laughs) And they're like, and then it came back right after the piano. (laughs) Right. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Yes, you got me. Okay. It looks cluttered over in that corner. (laughs) Yeah. And in most cases, it isn't because people aren't putting things away. It's because they don't have a place for it to go or it's overflow because what's happening inside the cabinets or in the rest of our cabinets, we have too much stuff. Yes. So is that where you would head next? cabinets? Because actually I was thinking that after my kids said that, I was like, do I really need four sets of plates and three sets I never use? (laughs) (laughs) Well, typically the next place I go to after the countertops is the pantry. And I'll tell you why. It is amazing to me, and this gets into my love for meal planning, but it's amazing to me how many things we have in our pantry that we do not need or use on a regular basis. So when I talk about declutter, I have a, a, an, a manual or a guide, if you will, or a playbook, whatever you want to call it, called the Intentional Declutter. And it's really about being sure that we have things in our home that we really love, that we need, and that we have the space for. And those keep us very mindful about what we end up purchasing. But beyond that, in the kitchen, we have to ask ourselves one more question, and that is use. How often are we using things? So let me take an example of the pantry. Vinegar. How many bottles of vinegar do people need and how much space is that taking up? So when we're talking about decluttering, one thing that we have to remember is that we're really dealing with space issues, right? When someone needs to declutter and it's because we don't have a home or it's because we have too much stuff, we really have to take an inventory check of how much physical space are we working with? right? So when we, that means we have to then ask ourselves, how many items do we have and how many do we need? Again, those questions, do I love it? Do I need it? Do I have the space for it? But in the kitchen, how often do I use it? Some people might, when we get to the equipment section, which is next on the list, some people might really love their bread maker, but it takes up a huge ton of space and they use it once a year. So when we we have to really have a little bit of a self-confrontation here and say, how often do I use that? Now, when I mentioned the vinegars, for example, when somebody's meal planning and it calls for an ingredient, they really want to make this recipe, but it means that they're going to have to buy another bottle of vinegar. Do yourself a favor and swap it (laughs) or don't get that recipe, right? So, So what I do is when we go into the pantry, almost always, we're able to eliminate probably, I would say, a third to a half of our space in the pantry based off of foods that we don't use. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Actually, my husband just converted our pantry. So he swapped out our coat closet and made it into a pantry and turned our coat closet or what was the pantry into the coat closet because it was just getting so our pantry was just getting to be nightmarish and that has helped so but I don't think that's the solution for everybody is to go go and convert everything around but it's true even as he's switching stuff over from the used to be pantry to the new pantry um 
you know, I'm still thinking like, why do we have that, you know, five boxes of random noodles that are all the different shapes and sizes? Like what is going on there? Like we need a half cup of noodles to be saved in a Tupperware. (laughs) Exactly. Or, or, you know, in your meal planning, say, now that I know that I have these extras, we're going to make pasta surprise or something. And we're going to combine all the kinds of noodles and put them in one dish. So, or it's a matter of containing the shopping. So, when someone is buying Costco size flour and that's taking up more space than you're going to use for the entire year, people need to really be honest with their budgets and say, mm-hmm. I'm not saving that much money for the grief that I'm giving myself, number one. But number two, um, not only are you not necessarily wanting to s- store that much, but think about it's not saving you money when you're buying extra things that you don't need. Makes sense. Hello, panic buyers that were in the spring, right? Right. right. <laughs> That's why we couldn't find stuff on the shelves. And I will say, I actually, when um, things were getting bad a few weeks ago, I did a little bit of panic buying myself, but it's not out of control. But <laughs> Right, right. And again, it's based on necessity, but it's also based on really what we can store. So again, going back to decluttering and not to confuse it with organizing. Organizing is different and the method in which we store things is different, but specifically decluttering is really purging and it's based on need um, and space a lot of the time. Right. And I imagine um, you probably, you know, you probably even have a system about this, Um, you know, looking at maybe dates of your spices, dates on the cans, you know, looking at that vinegar and, you know, maybe has it started to turn a little bit or something. Um, I think probably all of that makes a difference. Everything. Yes, it all makes a difference. So when you go through your process, um, and I haven't really explained how to do that yet, but just what areas I go in. But yes, those are definitely decision points when you're talking about food is what's turning. Um, obviously we don't want to keep something beyond what we need to keep it for. And I know a lot of people, when they go through the decluttering process, there's a, there's a self-confrontation that happens with guilt. Why don't we have all this stuff? I feel guilty throwing it away. Or if someone is starting a new method of eating, or maybe they're making healthier choices, one of the things that happens is they're saying, but I have all this food and what am I going to do with it? And so for me, I find it to actually, not only does it, excuse me, confront ourselves when we're purchasing new things and the amounts that we're purchasing in, but it's also very nice, especially, well, it's really any time of the year that there are people out there that take food. So it's food banks, it's churches, it's neighbors, it could be anything or make up that food into recipes and give it. Right. Oh yeah. There's so many. That's the one thing that's great about when you're decluttering um, your pantry. I think. Yeah. So you mentioned equipment. Does that, does that come next? Because I will tell you a little honesty here. I have a little bit of a problem with, with collecting kitchen equipment. (laughs) Oh, Sarah, I cannot tell you how many times I can go through a catalog or the Williams Sonoma mailer and I want all of it. <laughs> but I, hear you. I just don't have the space. So equipment, the one thing about equipment, and when I say equipment, I'm talking about coffee makers, toasters, toaster ovens, bread makers, mixers, hand mix, like 
all of the things, right? We just need so little. It's amazing to me, like I was really close to my grandma growing up and she had such a tiny kitchen and so few things and she made a lot of homemade stuff and we were always in the kitchen. But those quote unquote gadgets, right? She just had so few of them. And honestly, um, equipment takes up a huge amount of space. So when we're talking about declutter and we're talking about the amount of space we have, that's one of the first things that you have to examine is how often do I use this? For the amount of space it's taking up, do I really need it? So maybe we only use our, here's um this, I guess I would throw in the equipment side, uh, a roasting pan, right? They're large, they take up space, they're cumbersome, but you do need it several times of the year, right? But maybe you have another piece of it or like a blender. Maybe you use that all the time or your toaster. But there's another piece of equipment, the ice cream maker or the bread maker or some of those things that are always taking up space and you really don't use it. Move on. There's buy the ice cream. There's another way to make it. You know, you don't have to use the thing all the time and it's just taking up space. So sometimes those things have to just, you have to be honest with yourself and let them go. Oh yeah, that's so true. Um, You know, or, you know, I think people, you know, if they realize you're a home cook and then they're like, oh, let me give you, you know, I don't know what to get you for Christmas. Let me get you this new appliance. And then, you know, it's like cue the stress of like, where am I going to store that? (laughs) It's true. true. We're we're dealing with space requirements and it's really a matter of you have to be able to prioritize then and say, I only have this much space and I know I can function in this much space. People lived in much smaller spaces than what we live in as a standard today. And we just have to say, what are the top things that I really need? I really love and those I'm keeping and I really can live without the rest. And then we just store accordingly. And I think it helps us with our shopping. So ultimately it does save us money in the long run, but it's saving us space. Remember what started this is that feeling of burnout and that feeling of kind of that visual noise that anytime we walk in to the room, it's it's kind of interrupting our thoughts and our process because it's like, oh my gosh, I've got that pile or I've got this, or it's just overloading us again with more decision fatigue where even our family or everyone else, like you mentioned, the kids notice, wow, everything was kind of put away. And there's that sense of calm that happens. So when we're in that declutter process, it can feel stressful, but we want to remember the why behind it. You know, that really helps when we have to prioritize what what we're willing to part with. Oh, so true. So true. And I guess if you get rid of something you know what? And then you realize a couple months later that you did use it more than you thought. Well, guess what? Someone's probably selling it on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> so, you know, like if that happens. So I think, you know, it's just more that internal mindset we get into. Like if we let it go, then what if we need it? You know what? Someone else is going to be getting rid of it and you could pick it up or, you know, you could buy, you know, um, say you had like a, you know, um, a food processor plus a blender plus, you know, something else and um, like a hand mixer, you know what, maybe look at getting rid of three products and get a Vitamix, which does all of it. It's a little more pricier, but it's going to save you a lot more space 
three products versus one product type of thing. <laughs> That's exactly right. Exactly. And with equipment, you know, anymore, like you said, somebody's selling it on eBay or on OfferUp. There's so many wonderful tools now that are helping us. And you can utilize that money to put back into making those decisions that are really going to work for you. Because again, it's about making our home systems work for us so that we can get on to what it is that we want in our life, what our purpose is and what our goal is and making this stuff easy. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that internal piece that uh, not having decision fatigue, very important right now as we are at home more um, during this pandemic. And, um, you know, we feel a little chaotic inside, you know, so just having these home systems that make us not feel chaotic, they make us feel peaceful make our family feel peaceful. So, so important. So we had counters, the pantry, the equipment. What would be next? Dishes. Dishes, dishes. And I have now, I'm going to have the massive confession. I love dishes. I love entertaining. I love different table settings. But a lot of times we have dishes, serving dishes, things that maybe we don't use that often. And those can really be pared back. So when space is your issue, again, you're going through the priorities, what's most important, then that's the next place that you want to pull back. The other thing is things like serving dishes, they're hard to stack and store. Yes, they're outside. They just take up a crazy amount of space. And unless you can somehow stack them or you have an abundance of space, which is not going to be a decluttering issue for you, then that's becoming a storage issue is how to store them. But if decluttering is your issue, you've got to pull out the extras. So really work on the things that you need. Um, And then after that, it becomes What do you have the extra room for? And then lastly comes the fridge. And as I said, we don't typically buy more things for our fridge than we need. I mean, it could be stuffed, but pull it out. Pull it out according to what's spoiling, what's not being used. Tons of condiments. Condiment drawers are just overflowing and they take up so much space in the kitchen. And for the most part, when you make your own, it tastes better anyways. <laughs> so just get rid of as many condiments that you possibly can. And um, that is a space saver as well. Oh, both are so good. Like, and honestly, when I was talking with the kids about how the counter was so cluttered, I immediately thought, you know what, if I got rid of some sets of those plates up in the cabinet, the ones that we do, you know, maybe use once a year, um, I would have room to move this clutter from the counter to the cabinet. <laughs> so once you do the declutter, what you're really doing is you're freeing up space and you're getting rid of all the superfluous things that are around you that are really not high use, high love, high need, high uh, desirable items right? They really aren't. Like life is not going to end if you don't have some of these things to just put it in perspective. And then what you can do, and this goes more into the organizing is how do I store things properly? What is the system behind it so that my baking things are near where I do my baking or all my equipment is stored in this pantry? So the things that you can do with the items that are being stored right now on the counter, which could be high use items, 
right? There are things that we want to access on a regular basis, like the jars or, or containers for the kids stuff that they're going to pull out for artwork. Maybe you have now a couple of shelves where you could just go grab that basket and the extra pens and colors and whatnot that the kids use when they sit are just right there. Afterwards, you put them back in the basket and they go back in that pantry on that shelf. So there's ways to incorporate things so that they can be pulled out and used, but they also get put away. So I have this system also that I give to uh, people that are on my list that is called the seven habits for tidy living. And one of those things that we talk about all the time is cleaning as you go. So if you're putting things away when you're done with them, that helps reduce that visual noise and kind of that stress that happens subconsciously around our homes all day. And the other thing is putting it away. So it's not just cleaning as you go, like making a neat, tidy pile on the counter, but it's actually putting everything back in their home. So oh, yeah. when so you do clutter and you make that space, now it's like, oh, it's gone. We're not just shoving things in drawers to get it off the counter so people don't see it, but actually has a place to peacefully go live, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, you know, you can pass on that to your kids too. They can see okay, you know, like this is where that home is versus, you know, like you said, well, we're just going to shove everything in the junk drawer. you know. Right. And, and, you know, one of the things that I think it's good for the kids to do too personally is that it's just good stewardship. It's really, if we take good care of the things that we own, we appreciate them a little bit more. And we do put a little bit more pride of ownership and thought into the things that we're purchasing because we're just... You know, in America, we're just big consumers of stuff and we all, yeah. and, and it gives us joy to buy things most of the time, but it's also maybe not always the best decisions. So when, when it's crowding us in our home and we aren't necessarily taking as good care of the things that we have, it's, that's another good reason for people to say, you know, here's how I can part with my things. I'm just going to have um, more meaningful ownership. Mm, yeah, that's so true. More meaningful ownership. And, uh, and you know, like I think you mentioned your, your grandma and, you know, I bet the few things that she did have, she used a lot and it meant a lot to her, you know, that, you know, so it is more that, and like you said, it seems to, you know, I don't think we say this every year, like, oh, consumerism is getting more and more, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it is what it is, but we can also scale it back, declutter, and uh, stop that internal chaos of just mess everywhere. True. And I think the other thing, Sarah, is when people have a routine, it's amazing that we have habits and routines so that the things that we actually use in those processes are very small number of things. And everything else is extra. So when we start then thinking about how do I keep this in place, for example, um, is how do I make what is part of my routine that I do and what is all the stuff that's getting in my way? You know, mm. so that's another way to, for people to think about it when they're making their decisions is, you know what, I never use that. And it does tend to get in my way and it is taking up a lot of space. And although I've enjoyed the few times that I've used it, it's really not, it's not a need, right? I'm going to let that go be a blessing to someone else that really wants it and is going to use it all the time. 
Yeah. Oh, so true. So true. So after we've decluttered those areas in the kitchen, how how often or how do we go about setting a routine to keep it decluttered? Like how often do you recommend like, okay, you know what? Things started to pile up again. Let's let's go through. Even though, you know, I had I was intentional about having a routine and a home for everything, some some things creeped in. <laughs> right. So how often do we go through that decluttering process? Well, for me, I've always said that I spend at least as much time in the kitchen as I do sleeping on my mattress. So for me, those are two important things in my home. <laughs> and yep, I hear <laughs> right. So to keep that kitchen functioning because it is the hub of the home, because every member of the family is in that kitchen at least one time a day. That it's super important, but it's also easy because we spend a lot of time there to keep an eye on it. So the first thing that I suggest people do is creating a weekly routine. And I actually have a course where we go through setting those routines, but in part of that, I talk about meal planning and that whole session of discussing meal planning, grocery shopping, food prep, all that, I recommend people incorporate their maintenance systems as part of their routine so that it feels like they're never doing it. So the the long answer, that was the long answer to your question, which is I want everyone to feel like they're never needing to declutter because it's happening so frequently. So in other words, like the fridge the fridge is the biggest thing that's going in the pantry that's going to get out of order. Once you've done a complete kitchen declutter, it's not like we're out buying kitchen equipment every day, right? So one of the biggest things that's going to happen is making sure that everything on the countertops has a home. But I teach my people that we're cleaning every day as we go. So those countertops aren't going to get messy. So the next thing that's going to happen then is the pantry and the fridge is going to get out of order because that's what we're into all the time. So as part of that meal system or that meal planning part that I get into with people, it's every single solitary time you go to the grocery store, you purge and clean that fridge and that pantry every time. So when you actually go through the meal planning and you're starting to say, you know what, we didn't use up the rest of that squash and we didn't use up that little half cup of pasta. Now I'm going to make a meal plan so that I can incorporate those items, right? So that they don't get wasted and they're also not taking up space. So it's part of the meal plan. And then when we bring our groceries home, before we put groceries in the fridge or in the pantry, we're making sure that everything in there is accounted for or that little tiny left of over of those green onions that are going south on me, those are leaving the fridge. Sorry, they've got to go. So, right. So every single time you're loading things in, we're not putting it in on top of things that should be coming out. Oh, that's so true. You know, there's been, so I usually grocery shop on um, Fridays, but there's some Fridays, you know, when I bring groceries home and I'm just way too busy. Like I have to rush off to a phone call or I have to, you know, get a, I'm on a deadline for something. And so I just throw everything in the fridge and oh my gosh, the stress when I open it later to make something for dinner, it, it's high. Yeah. And then I like, always am like, okay, tomorrow. And I actually write a list off for like a Saturday, like, I have to organize the fridge because that's kind of stressful just opening it up. And then like all this like fresh produce is like falling out. And- exactly. 
Exactly. And another thing to do is if you're set on a schedule where you know the day that you're going to go, and again, now it's either allowing enough time or what you can do is incorporate into your schedule, I'm going to clean the fridge on Thursday nights Mm. or on Friday mornings. So if there's a way that we can, and life isn't perfect, things happen, right? But if there's a way that we can try to incorporate it, if it's not on the same day, or if there's a point for it before, um, that just helps that system work a little bit easier for you so that it takes off that that layer of stress. Or another thing that I did... (laughs) helpful hint. I happen to have one child who's super organized and loves sorting and cleaning and doing that. And so she is my helper. (laughs) (laughs) Give me the tip. He's, he sounds like your, like your daughter, did you say? Yeah. So I need a tip for sure. (laughs) She knows that the groceries are coming and she gets super excited because she's going to have fresh blueberries or whatever's coming into the house. And so I'm like, okay, let's get that kitchen in order. And she comes in. She's always my helper. Cuts my Uh, way, 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 way down. She loves doing it. And then she's the first one that gets the blueberries or whatever it is. Right. So, um, so that is just, there's all kinds of helpful hints to kind of free up our brain space to get around this, that we don't have to necessarily be the ones doing it all the time. But also, how do we work this into our schedules? When we create as much as we can into regular habits and routines, we don't, it it's, it takes away the brain calories that we're using of thinking, here's one more thing on my list I have to do, Right. Oh, right. That's true. Like you said, if you work it into, okay, like I know I'm shopping on this day the night before, I'm going to, you know, clean out everything yucky, that cilantro that I didn't use. And then would you also say, um, and this is something I'm really bad at, uh, admittedly here, um, (laughs) quick wipe down your fridge as well. Like how often do you recommend that? Because I I honestly don't know how stuff seeps out of Tupperwares. It makes little crumbs everywhere. Right. It, it's a mystery. It really is. It could probably be a children's book. We can talk about what really happens in the fridge when the door is closed. But oh my gosh, that would be such a fun book. <laughs> it is true. It. Um, but I, at the same time, when I clean up yeah. the fridge, I just go in there. And that's the one thing is that if you do it and make it part of your system every time, it doesn't get, it really doesn't get out of control. Like sometimes something does get a little yucky and maybe you have to pull out that vegetable crisper and give it a wash down. But for the most part, if you just take a damp wash rag or even use a small mild detergent on it and just wipe it down and follow it with drying it with a paper towel, it's just done. It's just one and done. That's one of those things like every week, if it just happens, you don't feel like you're doing it anymore. So yeah, that's true. And that's so true about any habits for life. You know, like once it's kind of built into your routine and you have it as a habit, it, you just kind of do it second nature and you don't think about it. Um, it's just getting to that point of, of starting to get over that that hump, you know. It's so true. it's, you know, making the grocery list. But like while you're making your list, maybe would you recommend kind of 
walking around your kitchen while you're making it, checking out your pantry, you know, like make it an active grocery list making so you can see what's in your fridge that, you know, needs to be incorporated or in your pantry or, you know, those type of things. Absolutely. When I talk about meal planning, I really talk about um, setting aside time in your schedule. And it's one of those things where people are like, oh, I'm just going to kind of get what sounds good or this or that. But I mean, actually sitting down and when you're intentional about what your plan is and how you're going to make it work, fewer things get wasted and you're just being really you're just being really smart. So what you can do is you can say, again, I said earlier, maybe that squash is going to go south. We need to use it or we need to use the rest of that pasta that happened. You'll be surprised at how many meals you can make out of those things. And you feel really good about it because you're using up what you have in the house. So when you sit down and meal plan, one of the things you want to do is you go through every category of meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, include snacks, right? We need healthy snacks for moms or for kids during the day that are go-tos. But what you do is plan based on what you have, then pull out your recipes and incorporate some. And again, watch out for the recipes that sound really good, but they maybe call for that one special kind of vinegar that we don't need, um, that we're going to use a tablespoon of, and then the whole bottle is going to sit there for three years. Don't get that one. <laughs> Swap it for a different vinegar recipe. I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, or just use more recipes that call for that ingredient. So again, just kind of sitting, allocating time in your schedule and doing that intentional meal planning that then generates your grocery list. So when you're going through your grocery list and you're going through what each meal is, and you say, you know what, I need one onion for that meal. And then you'll, you just kind of get a running tally. And then for the next meal, it says you need two more onions. And now you need this, that, and you're just making hashtags next to how many you need. Yep. Then it's just really helpful when all of a sudden now you don't have, how do I have three leftover onions that I didn't use kind of thing. And now, especially with produce, when we have to stay on top of things because it spoils. So. Yeah, no, that's so, so true. And like you said, just thinking through like, how can you incorporate that ingredient more than once? Because odds are at the store, you know, yes, you can buy a single onion, but often you're buying a bag of potatoes or a bunch of broccoli, you know, or a bag of carrots. So just thinking through like, okay, well, how how much can I use this in this recipe this week? You know, not so much that I'm getting sick of it, but intentionally using it in different ways just to be able to use up everything that I'm buying and just being a you know more mindful consumer at that point as well. That really is it. It's just having a little bit more thought and planning into it. And and also, I think sometimes people say, I just am grabbing the bag because I'm going to use it eventually and it's that much less money. But if we're letting things spoil, it's not saving you anything. It's really giving you grief. And now you feel guilty because your stuff spoiled, right? So let, let's just avoid that entirely and buy what we need. And then also with the meal planning, it's very clear And it gets back to that decision fatigue. Now we don't have to be stressed when it comes time for what's for dinner because we know. And now because we know once you've meal planned, you can look at your week in a view 
and you know what nights the kids have soccer practice, for example, and that you get home a little bit later. And so maybe that's the night that you plan takeout. It's a planned decision. It's not the, oh my gosh, I'm so tired and I don't feel like pulling that together and we're out of onions or whatever it could be. Now it's actually part of Thursday night's takeout night, kids. And then it's part of, and then it takes your stress away as well. So part of planning is also creating ease in the rest of your week to accommodate for days that are a little bit more full. Oh yeah. No, I'm a huge fan of both meal planning and meal prepping. And I know you are too, but for that exact reason, you know, like I think, you know, and everybody has to fit this into their schedule. Not everybody um, is going to want to meal prep on the weekend, But if you take a few minutes to meal prep those veggies you just bought, then you can quickly make a dinner later. And it's not going to feel like, oh, such a task at that point, because now I got to chop everything up. Or as I was telling someone someday and, um, you know, I was like, you know, I buy all these veggies and then I'm cutting them up to roast for one night. I might as well just while I have the mess on my counter, I might as well just cut up all the other veggies. And yes, some people are going to say, well, then they aren't as fresh or, you know what? I'm like, okay, if, if you want to think that way, that's fine. This saves me actually a lot of time later in the week, like just to be able to pull a bag out and say, hey, there's my butternut squash. We're ready to roast it. <laughs> it's true. I think it's true. And you know, if, if people are concerned about the freshness, then just meal plan twice a week or do your prep yeah. twice a week. Um, but the amount of time it does save, and by the way, not just in chopping, but in dishes, doing the dishes, that's a time saver. So anytime you can be more efficient, that is going to help you in the long run. Like prepping up all your stuff and putting them in Ziploc baggies and freezing them for smoothies is super fast. Like chop, 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 we're done. And now we've only had to wash our cutting board and our knife one time. So really batching things is super helpful in terms of home systems because we want to minimize and and be super efficient with what we're doing every day so that we can focus on keeping those reactions down and those demands that we have throughout the day that are pulling on us so that we can focus on the other things that we're whatever our purpose is, whatever our drive is or our our priorities are in our life outside of that. Well, right. And I think as we, you know, head into the new year and everybody always starts thinking about like, well, I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to get healthier. And I think they forget about all these tips that you just mentioned that sometimes it's just not the fridge that needs to be healthier. It's all the stuff in your kitchen because it all plays a huge part in that decision fatigue, in that inner chaos, that that's all playing a part. And I don't think that's pointed out as much as it should be. <laughs> it's true. And you know, when you think about it, you go back to whatever it is that we want to do, right? Say it, somebody wants to start a diet. Maybe somebody wants to start an exercise program. Maybe someone wants to, whatever our hashtag New Year's goals are, right? Okay, all the things that are out there and all the ambitions and the resets that we want to do. If we just jump in and start getting busy at it, we all go to the gym, right? And blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, what happens in February? The enrollment rates drop. (laughs) 
It doesn't yep. stick. And so when we talk about why something doesn't stick, it's really because we don't have a system in place and we haven't connected with the why. So when we mm-hmm. stay focused with why we're making these decisions and these goals in the first place, and then we set up a plan for success and we set up a system for success because this is why we want it, we're more likely to keep it that way. And you're you're, you have a higher rate of success of, of sticking with something and actually accomplishing that in your life. So if it's making your home systems work, if it's just reflecting on because I want to create a more peaceful environment, because I want to make healthier choices or for whatever the reason is, so that it frees up time or frees up money for me, those are big whys. And it's a great reason to really get behind, you know what, I may not love the decluttering and I may get more joy out of buying something, but long-term in the big spectrum of things, this is going to create more joy for me by eliminating that stress or that decision fatigue. Oh yeah. It's a total mindset shift and so, so important. And that's why I love that, um, you know, not only are you helping men and women, create these home systems, but you also have a new kind of challenge that you are starting soon. And I wondered if you could talk about that because it's going to help us declutter before January hits even, and then help us stay organized, you know, forever. (laughs) Also, so can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I would love to. So one of the biggest, biggest problems that most people have, as we've been talking about today, is we just have an abundance of stuff. And the stuff that we have is not very organized, right? For example, how many times have somebody gone looking for batteries that actually work in the house or the tape measure or the screwdriver or their wallet, even for goodness sake. And we're always looking for things. And that's because we have usually too much stuff. And then we also have to talk about getting it organized. But the organization process requires thinking, right? And it's a little bit more exhausting. And so kind of the quick win is like, guys, let's just start with the declutter. Let's get rid of some of the extra stuff that's given us stress. We instantly feel better. And then we can talk about putting it away. So what I plan on doing is, have you ever noticed around the holidays that sometimes we just feel like we're not literally from Thanksgiving, but yes, literally we're just stuffed. Yeah, literally <laughs> we're flying up. Exactly. We're stuff. Our house is stuff. And then we're going to add to it with gifts or we're going to add to it with taking out Christmas decorations. And it's just like, oh, I just want to purge come January. Well, one of the things is we can start decluttering and purging to make room for some of that stuff like now so that it makes January a little bit easier. So right after Christmas, we're starting with our holiday stuff and going through with a big declutter challenge to just get rid of the extra stuff and starting off fresh, just lighten the load for January. And then I'm putting on a course called Totally Organized so that we can just put our home systems in order, get our stuff put away, make sure everything has a home to live and put it away beautifully so that we could just kind of get on to a exciting new year. Oh, that's such a, such a good challenge to start. And I'm going to have to do that myself <laughs> just to take your yes. decoder challenge. Yes. Because yes. You know, 
that's something, you know, I probably need to even do as I go to put Christmas decorations away. I probably need to sort through all those Christmas bins and get rid of broken stuff. You know, stuff that maybe, you know, was passed down to me from a parent and I was like, oh, I want to hold on to this, but now it's chipped or something. And why am I holding on to this when it's broken? You know, like it's not giving me any joy in this bin just to be sitting there taking up space and. Right. Yeah. Right. So many things in bins that we have good intentions that I have bins of good intentions, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. All that. Those. <laughs> Or, you know, like you said, if it's broken or here's another thing, sentimental items. So one of the things that I'm addressing specifically next year is dealing with the sentimental declutter because items and bins that we love or we have memories around are not doing anything in a bin. So we need to either re-gift them to people or other members in the family that would love them or love to have them for a while or whatever that looks like. Or we need to kind of give them a place of honor and, and significance in our home in a way that deals with the space that we have, right? Or like you said, you inherited an ornament that was sweet and special, but now it's chipped and broken and it's just been sitting in the bin. Now what do we do with that? So that's exactly where we're starting is let's just start with the holiday stuff. Make sure we aren't keeping what we need because we really only take it out once a year. So let's declutter it while it's out, right? Oh yeah, for for sure. And you know, while you're at it and if you're a parent and have kids, I mean Ooh, I think every parent can attest to looking under their kid's bed and like, why do you have all those scraps of paper under there? Exactly. And if people are doing the decluttering around the holiday time when we're baking or whatever our entertaining looks like in this very unusual year, right? It's a good time to start opening your pantry and say, you know what? I never used that thing in there anyways. Maybe it's time to get rid of that. So. So the declutter challenge, it's, um, tell, tell me the specifics of that. So is it every room in the house? Are you kind of just working through one room like a day or, um, well, that's just it. You know, with this time of the year and with as many demands that we have on us in this very unique year, we're going to let people kind of set their pace. And what I'm doing is I am providing kind of the, environment and the community between Facebook lives, between Q and A's and letting people go at their own course. And then the totally organized course that I'm doing is also a course that people can take at their own pace and their own speed, because sometimes we only have time to declutter our shoes one day. And then the next day we can do the entire garage. So it just depends on what's going to be able to work with different people's schedules, because I've found that that can be so overwhelming so that you can take off as much as you think that you can chew at one point in time. So the declutter challenge is really providing just um, me live, helping answer questions and helping people Mm. troubleshoot, but also posting challenges in a pop-up Facebook group that's going to let people have um, uh, posts, their beginning and their end, to be able to ask the questions, but also be having some giveaways. Oh, I love that because in, you know, we need a little handholding sometimes just, I mean, to start, you know, like, and everybody's different. I know for myself, once I start on one room, oh boy, watch out. Right? I'm hitting up every room. 
bathroom in the house. <laughs> you better just plan for me to be at it because things are going to be flying into trash bags. Exactly. And you know, when somebody else has an idea that maybe we didn't think about like, oh, you know what? That's true. Maybe this came from grandma. And I really want to give that over to my sister to have for a while because I know that she loved it too. Right. And so it's a matter of kind of thinking through things that when you do it as a group and as you do it as a community and that we all are in the same mindset, other people's tips and suggestions are just super helpful. So, oh yeah, it's going to motivate you totally. So where can everybody find all this information and how to get involved in both the challenge? And I think you have a worksheet as well that you mentioned that you were going to be releasing today. Um, Where can everybody find all this? I do. Everybody can find all of my resources at designthishouse.com. I'm also on Facebook and I have a private, um, it's called DTH Insiders. It's Design This House Insiders Club and it's uh, a private Facebook group, but you can just apply in it and answer a couple questions and be accepted into the group. So there's a lot of insider tips there as well, but you can find everything on my website at designthishouse.com. Perfect. And the Facebook group, they can find linked on your page or they can sign up your email list and you get an invite. Yes. Yes. All of the above. Ah, perfect. Excellent. Oh, this has been so great. And I know that, you know, we all have good intentions to want to declutter and everything. But like you said, it really takes having a system to back that up and to start building in those healthy habits and routines. And I love that so much, and I'm definitely going to be applying this to my own life as well, as well as using your tip to to get the kids involved in helping clean out that fridge. So I know my son is going to be all about that. So this was perfect. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us your wealth of knowledge about creating homes that make us feel peaceful and calm, because with all this stress that's going on in the world right now, we, we need that. We need to feel peaceful at home when we walk in the door. It really is our, our haven right now. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Sarah. And I really just hope that anybody that's listening is going to be able to, to set those goals. And as you said, make even just those healthy shifts and decisions for themselves in 21 and that the purpose of it is really to help them be more successful and be able to attain their goals and what they're doing this for. So it was really my privilege. Thank you so much for having me anytime. I'd love to talk about it. Excellent. Thanks. Thank you, Sarah. I can't wait to start decluttering my kitchen. I know that sounds funny to say that you want to start cleaning, but I know that my kitchen is just, I'm going to feel so much better and my kitchen will feel so much better if everything has a proper home. I am really motivated to do this. That is why I am so excited about Deanna's The Intentional Declutter Manual Guide. I can't wait to download it. I hope you guys go check that out. The link will be in the show notes. You can find all the show notes for this episode at badtothebowl.com forward slash 13. Again, that's badtothebowl.com forward slash 13. You're going to want to start getting that clutter in order with Deanna's free guide, The Intentional Declutter. So go grab that download and check it out.